to have you aboard for another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. Week three of the National Football League season upcoming, and we've got the best bets, the winners, the great analysis coming your way here in just a few moments. But first, it is Jason Gotch, joined as always by my co-host, John Spitaro. And John, you are on fire. We always tell the listeners what we did the previous week. I will gladly sit back and listen because, my friend, you are on fire, or were at least on fire in week number two. Well, hopefully I maintain being on fire because you're absolutely right. I've started the year 5-1 and one after going 3-0 and oh last week. I had a very nice week, but I'm going to start with my picks with the Bears. If you remember last week, Jason, we talked about what we thought was going to happen in the Bears game. I said, and I quote, that the Bears were going to win, the Giants were going to cover, and it was going to go under. And all three of those things hit in that order. So it's always great to have you know winners on multiple games, but that just shows you I was locked in on the Bears last weekend. I had a pretty good feeling that all three of those things were going to come true, and sure enough, they did. But let's move on to what I did around the rest of the league. I had the over in the Jacksonville-Tennessee game, and that thing blew right by the number of 43 points. It ended 30 to 30, 66 total points. Cha-ching. I will take that every single day of the week. And then another thing I said last week that did not come true, but honestly, I could not have even seen this coming. I said that the way that the Lions lost to the Bears in week one was going to be the worst loss of the NFL season already in the first week. And then in week two, the Atlanta Falcons took it into their own hands and they lost against the Dallas Cowboys in one of the wildest games you will ever see. However, I was on the right side of that one. The Falcons were getting six and a half points in Big D. They lost by one, but they covered the spread and that gave me my second win of the weekend. And then finally, I was all over this one. I remember talking about it. I said there was something to brew in LA between the Chargers and the Chiefs. And sure enough, the Chargers did not win, but they kept it close and they actually covered by five and a half points. They were getting eight and a half. They lost by a field goal. They did do exactly what I thought, which was they gave the Chiefs a hard time. The Chargers are, for whatever reason in these last few years, a tough team to play in L.A. So I thought that that was going to be a close one. It ended up being just that. 3-0 and in my best bets and all over the Bears game. Let's keep it going for week number three. Well played, John Spataro. I wish I could be on that same level as you were last week, my friend. But me, Jason Gotch, not so good, not so bad either. Two and three week overall. We'll start with that Bears pick. I was on the under along with John, and that game comfortably went under with that 17-13 final. And I was feeling really good at the half, John, because the Bears were up 17-0. The Giants didn't look like they could get anything going. Saquon Barkley, the rumor was he's going to be done for the year. Indeed he is because of that torn ACL suffered in the first half of that game but the Bears let the Giants back in they score 13 points in the second half the Bears hang on to win by four but they did not cover the number so we split with the Bears I was with you with the Atlanta Falcons what an ugly loss for Dan Quinn's team on the scoreboard but for the gamblers an easy win getting six and a half points and they of course went down in that game late so win with Atlanta did not win with the Patriots plus the four tough loss there Cam Newton stuffed uh, as 
time expired for New England, so they go down 35-30 to Seattle. Uh, again, that one point really hurt me on that particular bet. And then this one wasn't even close. Hey, if you're going to lose, you might as well lose big. I had the Texans plus 6.5 at home, and the Ravens made me look bad with that one. 33-16, Baltimore wins that game. So a 2-3 and three week, not awful, but certainly not where we want to be. And when we gear up here in Week 3, Jason Gotch looking to do a lot better as we continue here on State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. John, let's turn it to what the Bears are going to do this week because the team they're playing was just part of our conversation. The Atlanta Falcons early game, noon kickoff time down in Atlanta. The Bears are getting three in this game. The over-under in the contest is 46. Give us a little look back at what you saw in the Giants game, maybe that you liked, possibly didn't like, and how that applies here as a Bears team goes to Atlanta, 2-0 Bears overall against the 0-2 Falcons. Well, from a betting perspective and, and a fan perspective, it's very clear to me what is happening with this Bears team and what they lack, at least in these first two games of the season. And that's a killer instinct or the ability to put a team away when you have them on the ropes. It's just not there. I mean, you look at the, the Giants after they lost Saquon Barkley, who is a once in a lifetime running back talent. It didn't really affect them because the Bears let them hang around. I just don't see the ability on either sides of the ball. I mean, the defense is is great and you know has, has really kept Mitch Trubisky afloat in these first two games without him having to do a ton besides that last quarter in Detroit. However, even on drives where you think that they just need a stop or two to put the game away, the other team finds a way to move the ball down the field and get it within striking distance. It shouldn't have been a three-point game in Soldier Field this Sunday. I don't know what it's going to look like when they go on the road. So for that reason, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of reviewing all the options here. Obviously, we, we've seen them play with a high-powered offense in Detroit. We've seen them play with the lowly offense in the Giants without Saquon Barkley. I would think that the Falcons skew towards the loaded offense side. They may get another break and be playing a team without another superstar offensive weapon at the time of recording here Julio Jones is questionable for the weekend so that could be a big swing too and kind of you know some betting in intelligence there for you if there is a, a player like that that could really affect a spread it might be worth waiting a little bit later into the week before you cash in on a on a field goal spread because that could change depending on Julio Jones's availability so I'm looking all over this this game I'm, I'm trying to find an angle I'm, I'm, I think I know what my pick is going to be but for right now, I, I think I'm ready to just say that the Bears are, are going to be playing close games for the rest of the year. They don't have a killer instinct. They can't put teams away. So these one to two score spreads are going to be on them all year, and it's going to be really tough to decide which side they're going to be on. Well, certainly the Bears will take the 2-0 record, but as you said, John, there are reasons for concern, and the fact that this team has not played anything close to a complete football game is a bit alarming, but when you think about it, Matt Nagy's team has been able to sneak by. You'll take the 2-0, and you'll be happy with that, but again, you look at the competition, the Detroit Lions, Lions are going to Lion. I mean, we saw it last week in Green Bay after they, they really stumbled that fourth quarter against the Bears. The Lions start off strong in Green Bay, and they get hammered by the Packers at Lambeau Field. And then we know about the Giants. That's a total rebuild under Joe Judge, their new head coach. they got a second-year quarterback that's inconsistent in Daniel Jones. They're down 17-0 at the half. They've got no Saquon Barkley. He's done for the year now. Of course, he didn't play after that the, 
the injury suffered uh, early in that game at the Bears. Yet somehow the Giants get it near the goal line, and they nearly win that game as time expires. So, yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement for the Bears. But when I look at this game, week number three, it's not my best bets. But I look at the Chicago Bears and I say, again, the schedule maker is very kind to the Bears. Now, I personally, Jason Gotch, was high on the Falcons coming into this season. John mentioned they have a ton of weapons on offense. I, I've never been a huge Matt Ryan fan, but he's certainly a pretty good quarterback. Uh, you look at that team, how they played at the end of last season, that, that second half of the season, they beat teams like the Saints. They beat teams like the 49ers, who went on to go to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, Dan Quinn, the head coach, got a reprieve. So I looked at week one and I said, the Falcons, there's no embarrassment losing to the Seahawks on your own field. Seattle, to many people, is a Super Bowl contender this year. I would not disagree with that. They go to Dallas, and they're up 27-7 to in that game, and somehow they find a way to lose it. They botch an onside kick at the end. And you think about the way they lost that football game, up 27-7 to at one point and losing to Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys. I don't know if the Falcons are going to be able to recover Within one week, I'm a big situational gambler. And I, I, when I say that, I mean, it's not all about the stats. A lot of it for me is about the human element. And when I look at the human element, I, you see this more often than not. A team blows a big lead the week before. They come in flat the next week. And the Bears are a good enough team here to take advantage of that. So when I look at this thing, John, you know, the over-under is 46. Uh, the side is the Bears plus three. If I had to bet the over, I'll throw a play on it since we're on in Chicago. I, I would take the over of 46 because the Falcons are a pretty good offensive team, and I think the Bears will put some points off against the Falcons' defense that's, defense that's not great. But I really like the Bears here, plus the three. I actually think they're going to win the game outright. I wouldn't bet it, but that's my best guess as they went outright. However, I would bet the plus three. So I'm on the Bears plus three. I'll take the over of 46 for this one. And John, just a little more here on the Bears. What do you think of Mitchell Trubisky and this Bears offense? Because they've been inconsistent so far, but but Matt Nagy was absolutely raving about Mitchell Trubisky in his press conference earlier this week. It sounds like Nagy's bought in on his quarterback, and there's no thought of Nick Foles taking over anytime soon. You think this Bears offense has some potential to get better? I don't think anyone appreciates these two wins come from luck, come from behind, come from whatever they've been able to do to get two wins on the board. No one appreciates them more than Mitch Trubisky because as long as this team is winning, I do not see the ability for Matt Nagy to pull Mitch Trubisky in favor of Nick Foles. I do still believe that, like I said in the in the second week of the show, that his comeback in Detroit was a major league bona fide NFL quarterback comeback. He led the team down the field, scored two times in five minutes or whatever it was for them to, to win that game. He got bailed out on a drop pass at the end, but that doesn't matter. He played well enough to win. Last week against Daniel Jones, it really wasn't a lot to write home about, but his receivers also let him down a little bit too. Anthony Miller had a couple key drops. Allen Robinson, who dominated the headlines going into last week with his contract situation, he didn't really play the game that he wanted to when he's going to the negotiating table in a few weeks, hopefully. So it's hard to judge Mitch right now. I mean, he's definitely not playing badly enough to lose but he is not playing good enough to win I think is where I'm gonna gonna loop him in there and and, and that's a very tough place to be as an NFL quarterback it's almost like purgatory so do I think that there's a chance he gets subbed out during this year sure a lot of things could change in the next four or five games but as long as the Bears keep winning I mean 
despite everything we're talking about, this is a first-place team. We're still a few weeks away from the big showdown against the Packers, which I'm sure is going to swing the division one way or another. But until the Bears start slipping and start getting into the loss column, I don't think we see Mitch Trubisky going anywhere anytime soon. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. We come back a little more on the Bears-Falcons game plus... We'll look at some other interesting games around the NFL this week, give you our thoughts about those against the spread. Also, a little bit later on, we'll give you our best bets for week number three. And we'll also look at the odds as they currently stand to win certain divisions around the NFL. These fluctuate week by week, and I think there's some pretty good plays on the board. All that coming up on State Lines as we continue right after this. State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch, joined as always by my co-host John Spataro. In our first segment, we talked about the home team, the Chicago Bears being 2-0, and the Bears not covering the spread against the Giants last week, but the game did go under. And this week, the Bears in Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Bears plus three, the total in that game, 46. The Bears 2-0 on the year. Falcons 0-2 after that debacle in Dallas last Sunday. I'm on the Bears plus three. I'm also on the over of 46. Hint, hint, John did not make a pick in our opening segment. So my guess is you're going to want to stick around to hear John's pick in that game as part of our best bet segment as the program progresses. When John hides his pick like that, he's saving it for good reason, and John is on fire this season. He was perfect last week, so you're not going to want to miss his pick in that Bears-Falcons game. But, John, there's plenty of other good games on the board this week in week number three, and not only from a gambler's perspective, one game that I know we both circled, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Baltimore Ravens, this is the game of the week, in my opinion. The over-under in this one is 54-and-a-half. At the time of this taping, the Monday night game between these two teams, the Baltimore Ravens are a two-and-a-half-point favorite on their own field. Both these teams unbeaten on the year. The Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions. Give us a little preview, and if you, you like one of these teams, either on the side or the total, again, the total 54-and-a-half. It does seem like they're trying to to beg you to bet the under in there, doesn't it? 54.5 points seems like a lot because it is. I mean, that's really an offensive shootout, but if there's any two offenses to do it, it might be these two. And it's going to be the battle of the quarterbacks, of course, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson going head-to-head. Uh, kind of a trend that I've started back in week one. It, it, it does seem like this game would be a little bit more intimidating for betters and probably for the Chiefs as well. If they were playing in Baltimore with fans in the stands, this may be more of a pure contest on the field and, and less of a home field advantage for the Ravens. So when I'm looking at this, I'm trying to figure out you know, what what is real and, and what's not. Obviously, the Chiefs looked incredible in, in week one as they you know rolled on Thursday night against the Texans. I was all over them struggling in LA against the Chargers. I just think that that's kind of been a weird place for teams to play these last two years. So 
I don't think that what we saw last week from the Chiefs is closer to what we're going to get this week. I think they're going to look much more like the week one Chiefs. I'm expecting them to roll. I'm expecting them to beat the Ravens on their home field. It's going to be a good game, and I, I would really dislike being a, a, an overbetter in this one because you're going to need to see a lot of points fast to get to 54 and a half. So it's one of those games if you're sitting with a ticket or if you've made a bet on your phone and there's you know one or two scores in the first quarter and a half, it's really going to take some fireworks for that over to cash. So I'm going to stay away from the total, but this time I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs handedly. John, I'm actually on the other side on this one, and I want to preface that this game, I believe, if you're a fan of the NFL as well as a gambler, this is one I watch on my couch on Monday night. I'm very thankful that the Monday night matchup is actually a good one. We get so many duds on Monday night football historically, especially since they moved it over years ago to ESPN. It seems like that that's the, the primetime game of the week that is always the also-ran game. Not so much this time around. I think this should be a great game for the reasons you said, especially Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL right now. As everyone knows, the Ravens are a good defensive team. The Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champs. I like the Ravens here for a couple of reasons. Again, I wouldn't bet it, but if I had to pick it, I take the Ravens minus the two and a half. They're on their own field. And you look at what the Chiefs had to do last week. A little bit of a look-ahead spot at the Chargers. That was a game you were on, John. You liked the Chargers. Great call on that one, plus the points, even though the Chiefs won in overtime. I think this is one where Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champs, they come off a tough division game. they got to go all the way to the East Coast after going to the West Coast. And I look at it and I say, this is the type of game where the Ravens say it's a make-your-season game, even though they have Super Bowl aspirations this year. They want to make a big statement against the Super Bowl champs. It's hard to get motivated every week when you're the circled game on the opponent's schedule. So I'll take the Ravens in this one, minus the 2.5. I wouldn't walk to the window to bet it, but if somebody gave me 50 bucks. I would throw it on the Ravens. Now, John, I want to go to you here because you got some other games circled. Uh, give me one on your list that's not in your best bets, but it's interesting from the gambler's perspective. Well, I've got a great one for you, and you kind of teased it in your in your explanation there. You mentioned a team traveling from the west to the east, and this is a little bit of a unique situation because you may be looking at the card, and there may be something that pops out to you because an old betting adage or, or an old strategy that has been said many times is watch out for these teams that are coming from the west coast and playing an early game on the east coast in New York or Foxborough or something like that. So if you're looking at the schedule, you'll see that the 49ers, are playing the Giants. However, I wouldn't rely so much on that idea that they're going to be traveling across the country because this is actually the second week in a row that they're going to be playing at MetLife Stadium. They played the Jets last weekend and they blew them out. And now they're coming back. They've probably stayed in New York for the entire week. So they're coming back out. It's almost like a home game at this point, right? They've stayed in the same bed for probably close to 14 or 15 days now. They took care of business against the worst of the two New York teams. Probably. I mean, even without Saquon Barkley, I don't know if the Giants are that much better than the Jets. So you'd have to think that they look like a pretty good pick. And and I, I'm going to take a look at them as well. I mean, that's just kind of been the trend. I do have a note on this exact phenomenon for my best bet segment. So you're going to need to watch for that one. But I'm, I'm focusing specifically on the 49ers against the Giants. The 49ers took care of the Jets in that same stadium against an inferior team. I think they're going to take care of business. I think this is going to be a win for the Niners and win two games in the same stadium away from their home field this year. 
And that Giants seems so banged up now at Saquon Barkley out. Things get a lot tougher for the young quarterback, Daniel Jones. And as John said, he likes the 49ers in that one taking a side. Me, Jason Gotch, along with my co-host, John Spataro, this is State Lines. We get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. As we go through some of the more interesting games here in week number three of the NFL season. And I've got one for you here, John. We're going to talk about the Rams and the Buffalo Bills. This has been a good start to the season for the Rams. They won on the opening Sunday night at home against the Dallas Cowboys. They did very well last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. And they've got a game here against a Buffalo Bills team that many are high on after two weeks of the season. The Patriots still adjusting to their new quarterback, Cam Newton. And you look at Buffalo, they had a good year last year. They're a good defensive team. A lot of people believe as the Buffalo Bills go this season, it will be how far their quarterback, their young quarterback, Josh Allen, can take them. He's got some accuracy issues at times, but there are other times he looks pretty darn good. So the Bills on their own field against the Rams here are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total in this game is 47. And I look at the Rams, and I say Jared Goff's actually started the, the year pretty well. I think you've gotten value on the Rams. I, I had them in week number one against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They were a home dog in that game. I still can't figure out why so many people are high on Mike McCarthy's Cowboys with Dak Prescott at quarterback. Maybe it's because we heard so much about Prescott getting the big money contract or negotiating it for in the offseason. But I think Dallas is a bit overrated. I think the Rams coming into the season a little underrated after they stumbled back to the pack last year after making the Super Bowl two years ago. But I look at this one and I say, you know what, give me the two and a half with the Rams on the road. Again, not one of my best bets, but the way the Rams have played so far this year and Josh Allen's inconsistency at times. I love the story of the Buffalo Bills. I love the fact that they hadn't made the playoffs in so many years until a couple of years ago. And then they got back there last season as Josh Allen got them there. And it'd be great to see a team from a smaller market in the NFL that has not had really much much success at all since the 1990s teams when they they lost four Super Bowls under Marv Levy with Jim Kelly at quarterback. Be nice to see the Bills make some noise in a division the Patriots have dominated for so long. And maybe that'll be the case this year, but I happen to think the Rams plus two and a half is pretty good value. I'd love it to be three because we talked about this, John, in our earlier shows this year. That half point is a heck of a lot, but I, I look at that and I say maybe we'll get lucky. If you wait a little bit, maybe you, you, somebody will bet the Bills up or you'll see some books will have the Bills bet up to three. And that, In that case, jump on the Rams uh, plus the three. But right now it's two and a half. I'll take the Rams. We're going to take a quick timeout. Again, he's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. We come back before we get to our best bets and recap all, all the thoughts about the Bears. Special treat. There's a futures, there are a few futures bets regarding the divisions in the National Football League that I think are worth keeping an eye on. We'll explain that right after this brief timeout. And now a thought from Barry Zeckelman, chairman and CEO of Zeckelman Industries, who invites you to help this country make it here. Dear America, let's manufacture a better future. Let's get back to looking for made in America on the things we buy. Let's bring back domestic manufacturing. Let's build the factories, warehouses, and businesses that build community, might jumpstart the career of a recent grad, provides the family down the street with a decent paycheck, and real benefits, the kind that benefit us all. Let's give our economy a shot in the arm. Let's make it here. Let's make it made in America. Zeckelman Industries is a family-owned, 100% domestic manufacturing company. 
makers of innovative steel structures and products that lets the water flow, keeps the lights on, and helps builders build. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you think about bringing back domestic manufacturing to this country. Get involved at Zeckelman.com. You're busy and probably feel like you don't have time to keep up with the news. Did you know that you can get an entire week's worth of news from Illinois, as well as critical, taxpayer-focused commentary from the state's best news team through the Illinois In Focus podcast? The Illinois In Focus podcast offers a quick rundown of all the big headlines from the previous week, insight into what that news means for your family, and gives you a chance to look at the stories that are developing in the week ahead. The Illinois In Focus podcast, available for free at anchor.fm and at your favorite podcast hosting site. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Still to come, we'll recap our thoughts on the Chicago Bears-Atlanta Falcons game. Bears plus three in that one. The total is 46. And we'll also give you our best bets, our three best bets against the spread. But before we do that, John, I've expressed this before on some of our programs, but I want to reiterate it and recap it for some of our new listeners out there. One thing I really enjoy betting are season win totals and also looking at who's going to win the divisions. And the good thing is with the explosion of sports gambling, not only here in Illinois, but also throughout the country, they have each and every week odds on teams to win each division. They change the odds based on what happened the previous week. And the reason I like a bet like this, it's very similar to when you look at season win totals. If you're betting an individual game, and look, I like to do that too. I know you like it, John, and a lot of our listeners do. It's exciting. Look, two and a half, three hours a week, you you pick a game or you maybe extend it the whole Sunday and you, you bet all, you know, a game in each time window. And that's fun and you get the result right away. It takes a lot of patience to bet the futures. But the one thing I really like about it is the quote-unquote odds even out, meaning the bad breaks will get you one week and they'll go your way the other week. So they tend to balance out the ledger, so to speak. So I really like looking at the futures bets. I think there's value to be had there. So with that being said, John, let's take a look at the NFC East. The Cowboys right now are minus 225 to win the NFC East. And granted, there's some pretty bad competition there. Uh, the Washington football team, I, I still laugh when I see that. I mean, we, we've said the Redskins for so long, and the fact that I look at my sheet and I see Washington football team, they don't have a mascot this year. They're plus 1,500, 15-1. Uh, the Giants are 30-1. to 1. They're awful. They don't have Saquon Barkley. Uh, the Eagles are plus 240. Uh, is this one where the odds makers and the smart money's on Dallas just because everybody's so bad? Or do you think the Eagles might be able to give them a run for their money? Or am I missing something with the Washington football team or the Giants? A very important piece of being a successful gambler is knowing when you're looking at something and saying, this just stinks. There's no angle. There's really nothing to get excited about. There's not even something to throw a dollar at and hope that something comes true and you know have a story to tell for the rest of your life. I'm not interested in any of these four teams. So to answer your question, I guess the Cowboys would be the smart, the smart money. But the division winner of, of this division has historically been somewhere between 12 and 4 to 8 and 8. So it's really uh, a, a crapshoot, for lack of a better word, when it comes to who's 
going to come out of this division as champion. I don't think the Giants have a prayer. Saquon Barkley's out for the rest of the year. You can pretty much write off their playoff chances with him. The Washington football team would be an interesting story. I don't know if they have the firepower to elevate their play over the last 14 games of the year to make a, a playoff run. It's going to be the Eagles and the Cowboys kind of going shot for shot, I would guess, for the rest of the year. There's a chance that, you know, there could be a, a minor quarterback controversy in Philadelphia before too long if Jalen Hurts, you know, the, the star quarterback from Alabama and Oklahoma, who they drafted somewhat surprisingly this year, gets into the game. I mean, Carson Wentz hasn't really looked anything spectacular in these first two games, and the Eagles are struggling to kind of find their footing, so there could be a quarterback shift and maybe Jalen Hurts is the answer and the Eagles do run away with a, a, a division this year. But overall, just not exciting when you're looking at the four teams that are in this division and none of these lines are really sweet enough for me to get into the mud. So if you're looking for a pick, I guess take the Cowboys as the favorites and just hope that everything holds. But I'm not really excited about anything I'm looking at here. Well said, John. I'm not very excited about this division either. Other than to say I, I disagree on the Cowboys just because I don't like the value there. I don't want to lay 225 to win back an additional 100. If I had to pick one here, Carson Wentz does not look like the franchise quarterback. The Eagles always hope he will be. But I would put the money on the Eagles a very small play just because I think you're getting value at plus 240. I, again, that's if I have money given to me saying I have to bet this division. I'm not a believer in, in Washington. And again, the Giants are terrible. But th but that's tough division to actually say I want to put money down in there because I just don't think you're getting good value with Dallas, even though by default they're probably the play. Now, the next division's a lot more interesting, especially to local fans, because the Bears are plus 250 to win the NFC North. The Vikings have stumbled out of the gate. They're 15 to 1 plus 1500. Lions going to line. I love saying that. I'm sorry, just because the Lions are just so awful always. They're plus 2000, so they're 20 to 1. And the Packers are minus 200, so the Packers are a pretty clear favorite here. I know coming into the season, John, both you and I were, were pretty high on the Packers, but do you see some value here for Bears fans, especially if they're going to their local uh, their local casino, maybe sitting down at their sports book uh, this week or doing it through the many apps you can bet legally now? Would you put some money here on the Bears, or are the Packers still the team you like minus 200? As much as I would love to put a, a division-winning bet down on the Bears and watch them cash it on their way to the playoffs, I don't see the value here. It, it really just seems like positioning for me. If the Bears are 2-0, and they're, they're technically in first place with a tie with the Packers, but they have not looked like the same two teams. The Packers are full speed ahead, whereas the Bears could very easily be one and one and and if a couple plays go differently this past Sunday they could be 0 and 2. So plus 250 is nowhere near the value that I would need to lay it on the Bears. Why not take a look at the Vikings? I don't know, plus 1500. That was a playoff team for the past few years. They've stumbled in their first two games this season, but they could turn it around. It's 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 not you know, beyond the realm of possibility that Kirk Cousins starts to play in his, you know, elevated way. And, and although people aren't crazy about him as a playoff quarterback or a big game quarterback, he does seem to find a way to win a, a, a few regular season games. So he's probably due for a, a regression or a progression back to his his mean here. So maybe they could become a, a contender later in the year. They've already lost a game to the Packers, which is going to hurt them. And, you know, when you're jockeying for position inside a division, usually the the games you play against each other are the most important. So 
The Vikings have that going against them, but I don't think it's crazy to believe that they could rattle off a couple games in a row, get themselves more to a 9-7 a and seven or a 10-6 and six position at the end of the year. The Bears just aren't high enough on that list to justify a bet. Maybe if they lose this week or in the next few weeks and that goes down a little bit, it's worth a look. But the Packers are firing at all cylinders. It's really about value for anybody else. All right, John, with some information there on the Vikings, and certainly you're getting some good odds at 15-1 to 1 if Minnesota can get on track this season after the 0-2 start. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. This is State Lines. We continue with this segment as we look at some of the divisions around the National Football League. Remember, with the explosion of sports gambling, each and every week, many of the books set the odds to win the division, and they move based on what happened the previous week. And here's one for you, John. Let's stick in the NFC one more time. The NFC South, the Saints and the Buccaneers are each one and one. The Saints are minus 140 to win this division. Brady and company plus 150. Then you get the Falcons plus 1,200, so they're 12 to 1. The Panthers plus 7,500, 75 to 1. I think you can throw out the Panthers here. I like the Falcons as a dark horse team coming into the season, but let's be real, they're 0 2. And this is a big week for them against the Chicago Bears. You don't want to get to an 0-3 start. And the Saints and Buccaneers are pretty darn good. But the Saints did not look good in that game against the Raiders on the Monday night game. Now, maybe that was uh, the Raiders opening their new stadium. Granted, no fans there, but still the first ever game in Las Vegas. Well, the Buccaneers did get back on track last week with a victory. Any thoughts here, John? On, uh, you give an edge or is it too early to say who you think is going to win the NFC South? Yeah, kind of like what I said about the NFC North. It's it's really a you know a kind of a, a one-two race with the Bucks and the Saints here, and then throw out the Panthers in the basement. But I do like the Falcons. I I think you said it right, Jason. That you know they've got the tools to to make a little bit of a run. And and much like I said about the Vikings, it's not inconceivable to see Matt Ryan elevate his play and and the team you know win some games as a result. So uh, twelve to one is fine with me. I, I'm not really excited about getting uh you know plus 150 for the Bucks, or certainly laying down the Saints as a favorite. So Falcons are, are interesting. Not a, a whole lot of enthusiasm for me here. I- Maybe put a little bit on Brady and the Bucks, just because I think the Saints might be a tad overrated and Drew Brees might be showing his age a little bit as well. But not enough of good odds here for the Buccaneers for me to bet it. Now, if the Saints were to win this week and maybe the Buccaneers lose their game and the odds go a little bit more in the Bucs' favor, I would jump on the Buccaneers. But right now, I'd probably take a pass just because I don't like the odds very much. Now, before we get to our best bets and recap our Bears pick here, John, I do want to go to the AFC because this one might be the most intriguing for me. It's been over a decade since the New England Patriots have not won an AFC East title. But right now, the Buffalo Bills are minus 180 to win the AFC East. The Patriots are plus 160. And then you got some really awful teams. You got the Dolphins at 25 to 1, the Jets at 75 to 1. I think it's a two team race. But are the odds makers giving you a little bit of value here saying the Patriots are actually plus against the Bills to win this AFC East in 2020? This could be a little bit of an overreaction to the loss against the Seahawks in Week 2. I, I think the Patriots have what it takes to smooth things out, and it seems like every play or every series that they're running with Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, and that brain of his is learning just a little bit more of what they can do. I think that they have what it takes to beat the Bills when it comes down to it in their two games that they're going to play later this year. So give me the Patriots. It's hard for me to bet against anyone but the Patriots.
This would be like betting against Michael Jordan in the 90s. You just didn't do it when it really mattered. You would not bet against Jordan and the Bulls, six championships. Belichick's very similar to me, even without Tom Brady. Maybe I'll bet against him later in the season. Maybe I'll bet against him if they make the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs. And maybe certainly in individual games you can bet against the Patriots. But the Buffalo Bills, over a 16-game season with Josh Allen at quarterback or Bill Belichick with Cam Newton, even though the, the Patriots have suffered a lot of losses on both sides of the ball, and free agency during the offseason, I'm going to go ahead and say they still find a way to win this division. So, yeah, I'm with you, John. I'm going to jump on that. I'll go ahead and take the Patriots plus 160. I would love to actually see the Bills win their game against the Rams this week and the Patriots uh, lose that game at home to the Raiders because the odds would get a lot better. There's still a ton of football left. Even if the Patriots do start off 1-2, and two, your odds might be a lot better after a loss this week. So you might want to hold off if you're getting really greedy, but if you're not, go ahead, jump on the plus 160 for the Patriots to win the AFC East. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. State lines continue after a brief timeout. When we return, we're going to recap our thoughts on the Bears, and we're also going to give you our three best bets of the week. We'll do that right after this. Welcome back to State Lines. It's that time in the show that you've been waiting for our best bets of the week. Also, recapping our thoughts on the Bears and Falcons. That one going to be played down in Atlanta this coming Sunday. The Bears 2-0 straight up. The Falcons 0-2 coming off that horrific loss Atlanta is in Dallas to the Cowboys where they botched an onside kick at the end of that game and they lost that game straight up on Greg Zorline's game-winning field goal in the closing moments of the contest. So the Falcons emotionally have to get over that game as they get ready for the noon kickoff central time against the Bears team. It hasn't been pretty against the Lions and Giants, but hey, it's been good enough. The Bears 1-1 one one against the spread. They didn't cover last week against the Giants. They did in Detroit getting points. The outright winner in week number one, but the Bears Again, 2-0. and The odds in that game right now, the over-under is 46, and the Bears are getting three. Not one of my best bets, John, but I like the Bears in this one outright. I wouldn't bet it on the money line. I don't like it that much. I think they're going to win the game, though. But I do like the Bears plus the three, and I also think the game goes over. I think Matt Ryan and company find a way to score points. And I don't think the Falcons' defense is very good either. So I think Mitchell Trubisky will get things going for that Bears offense. They're also going to be able to find a way to get things done on the ground. So give me the Bears plus the three. I also like the over in this one. Now, I know, John, you might want to tease this pick a little bit because we're going to get to our best bets here a little bit later on in the segment as we wrap up the program. But just some overall thoughts, again, to recap for our listeners who may have just joined the show, how you think this one could play out from both sides. Well, I will say, Jason, that uh, I I disagree with you. I will not say exactly what I disagree with you on, but I I do disagree with your assessment of the game. I think that it's going to be a tough one for the Bears just because of the way, like I said in the first segment that they've been playing lately, I think a team with legitimate offensive firepower like the Falcons are not a team that you can let hang around in a game. In the first two weeks, what I've seen from the Bears is just absolutely refusing to put their foot on the gas and have that killer instinct and put a team away when they have them on the ropes. 
So when you're playing a game like the the Bears are going to play on Sunday against the Falcons, when you're lining up across from Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, and they know how to get the ball to their playmakers, it's going to be tough for the Bears to play that way and win. I, it, it just is. So I will tease that into my best bet segment. I hope you, you, you may be able to, to see where I'm going with this, but there is one angle on this game that I feel very strongly about, and I can't wait to share it with you in the best bet segment coming up all right john we're not going to keep them waiting much longer here's what we're going to do i'm going to give one of my best bets here then i'm going to turn it back to you and you can give all three and then i'll close it out with a couple more of my best bets one of my best bets this week when i look at this board i'm going to go with the new england patriots minus the five and a half against the las vegas raiders raiders going from the western part of the country across those three time zones to take on the New England Patriots. Patriots off that tough loss in Seattle last week. What I do like about the Patriots in this game, a couple of things. They're on their own field, and that loss to Seattle was by no means embarrassing. They were in that game the entire way. Cam Newton makes play at the end of that one. They're going to win that game in Seattle and be 2-0. and And I think the Raiders are due, again, for a letdown here. This is one of those situational plays for me on the Patriots, and here's why. The Raiders in their own stadium for the first time in Las Vegas, winning that stadium, albeit in that stadium, albeit no fans, against a very good Saints team. Raiders were jacked up for that game. You look at the odds in that one. The Saints were a favorite on the road. The Raiders took care of business rather comfortably. I think there's a natural letdown on a short work week having to go across three time zones and go ahead and play that game in New England on Sunday afternoon. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to jump on the Patriots. I'm not a big player on the favorites normally. I like to look at the underdogs first and foremost because I think if you're playing the favorites all the time, the odds are you're with the public and the public inflates the odds and you're going to lose. But in this particular case, I'm on the favorite. I like the Patriots. Minus the five and a half to take care of business against the Raiders. I know John and I disagree on that one. It was not one of John's best bets. I'm going to go He's on the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Patriots as one of my best bets. John, I think we kept him waiting a little bit too long for your thoughts on the Bears. I know that that game, it's a certain angle, as you said, is one of your best bets. So why don't you give the listeners that one and throw your other two best bets out there as well. And again, John's on fire. He was 3-0 and last week with his best bet. So you can't do any better than that, 100% winners. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that these next three are winners too and we continue on with this perfect streak that I've got going. So here's what I think about the Bears game in terms of a pick perspective. Like I've said, this team struggles with putting teams away, but they don't struggle with sucking up a lot of time with some empty drives. And I've watched this now for eight straight quarters of Mitch Trubisky and David Montgomery. They advance the ball, they get a couple first downs, they get a couple, you know, streaky plays here and there, but then they can't break the 35 or 40 yard line and they punt or they try a field goal, or they turn the ball over. Lots of empty drives coming out of the Bears in these first two games, which is why I am all over the under in this game. Under 46, Bears versus Falcons. I actually think the Bears are going to lose this game, which hurts me to say, but that is not my best bet. The best bet is the under. It's gone under in almost every game that these two teams have played in the last few years. Under in the last five of five head-to-head. Under in the last nine of 10. It's just not 
anything to ignore when it comes to history and even recent history with the way that this Bears team plays. So I am on the under 46 in the Bears versus Falcons. Take it. Don't even think about it and just hope for not an offensive explosion. I think that's how I'm going to play that one. And then my other two best bets come from the exact same game. And Jason, you talked about it in one of your games earlier in the show, not one of your best bets. It's the Rams and the Bills. And I agree exactly with what you said, Jason. Minus two and a half points for the Rams is great value. I think that the Rams are playing some great football. I think when they beat the Cowboys on the first Sunday night game of the year, they looked fantastic. I think they controlled that game and they actually looked like the team that went to the Super Bowl just a couple years ago. So I think that they're traveling across the, the country, which is scaring some people. But like I said earlier, I had a stat for you when it comes to these teams. Those teams that you're supposed to avoid or are looking for a letdown when they travel across multiple time zones going west to east, those teams are 4-0 and straight up and against the spread this year. So I'm not afraid. I think that the Rams are going to take care of business and they're going to cover uh, the two and a half point spread. I also think this game is going over 46 and a half. It just seems like a, a ripe opportunity for both of these teams to play a little bit of a faster game. I know the Bills like to slow it down and kind of grind it to a halt, but I don't think that they're going to be able to get a lot going on offense. I think the Rams defense is the key this year. So they're going to get some turnovers. They're going to get the ball back in Jared Goff's hands a decent amount. And I think that a lot of points are going to be scored. So to recap, I am all over the under Bears versus Falcons. I also think the Bears are going to lose that game, but I'm not putting that on this list. And then the other two of the week, they come from the same game. I'm doing it a little bit unorthodox. Rams versus Bills. Take the Rams as the favorite to cover the spread and also take the over in that game, 46 and a half. Hopefully three more winners, and we'll check in with you again next week. All right, John, like the way you're thinking there as far as that Rams game. And yeah, we're on the opposite sides of the over in the Bears and Falcons game. I'm on the over. John's on the under is one of his best bets. The over is not one of my best bets, but again, a reminder, John was 3-0 last week. He's been on fire this season. Hard to go against a guy who's been rocking and rolling the way Pitaro has with his gambling picks against the spread the first couple weeks of the season. Me, Jason Gotch, again, I have the Bears plus the points, and I'm also on the over in that game, but those aren't my best bets. One of my best bets, I just mentioned it a moment ago, I do like the New England Patriots minus the five and a half in Foxborough on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders. A couple of other ones on the board for you. I also like the Minnesota Vikings. John touched on this a little bit earlier in the program when he mentioned, hey, you know what? The Vikings are 15-1. to 1. Not necessarily saying it's going to happen, but it's worth a look that the Vikings at 15-1 to 1 may be a team to look at to, to come back and win the NFC North. It'd be a long shot, but they're 0-2 and they're probably better than that record would indicate at this point. You never know. Kirk Cousins can get hot at times. Heck, he knocked the Saints out of the playoffs last year in the first round when everybody said Kirk Cousins has never won a big game in his life. Well, he changed that last year in the playoffs. Now, the the, the Vikings have had some defections on defense. Uh, they've had some issues. Mike Zimmer's on the hot seat. But I like them in this game getting two and a half at home against the Titans. The Titans, for me, a little bit overrated this season. Had that nice run with Ryan Tannehill to the AFC Championship game last year against the Chiefs. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Vikings plus the two and a half cover that number at home, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won that game outright. So take the Vikings plus two and a half. And I'm also going to close it out 
with another side here. I am going to go ahead in that Sunday night game and take the Seattle Seahawks minus four and a half against uh, the visiting Dallas Cowboys. I'm not on Dallas this year. Look, I wasn't on them in week one against the Rams in L.A. The Rams won that game outright. They should be 0-2, the Cowboys, if the Falcons didn't have that monumental collapse last week, but Atlanta still covered that spread. I think here the Seahawks are on their own field. They're only laying four and a half points. And I think that the Cowboys are overrated, and Seattle's playing some pretty darn good footballs. We know 2-0. and They had the win against the Falcons in week one in Atlanta, and that nice win last week, uh, one of the national TV games, late afternoon action in the Midwest when they knocked off Bill Belichick and the Patriots 35-30. So my best bets, give me the Seahawks minus the 4.5, give me the Vikings plus the 2.5, and and I'll stick the Patriots minus the 5.5. For John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. This has been another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. Enjoy the winners, everyone. We will talk to you next week. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.